the Blue Jays season is over. Kind of. We're through the regular season. We're going to talk about it. It's Locked On Blue Jays. It starts now. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your Thursday episode with Matt Bonaparte. I'm Ben Schulman. Thanks so much for making us your first listen every day. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, Twitter at Locked On Jays, and our email, Locked On Blue Jays, real at gmail.com. We want to hear from you during the postseason. Uh, we've got some really Cool emails, some really nice emails in general from you guys throughout the year and recently as well. So we want to keep that going. Uh, the email is cool. Please email us. Bones. Yes. Blue Jays end the season. We're not going to do a series recap because you don't care. Um, but uh, we will somewhat uh, tie a little bow on the season. Uh, the Blue Jays. Finished the year and 70 after splitting a doubleheader where they probably should have won both, but who cares? Um, against Baltimore, uh, big day, Otto Lopez. Cool. Congrats to Gabby on the home run, uh, but not necessarily what we're really focusing on. I want to go to a specific John Schneider quote from after the game report, MLB.com's Keegan Matheson. Uh, and so on finishing 92 and 70, which is one win better than the 91-71 record they had last year when they missed the playoffs. Schneider said, quote, we all know over the last calendar year the difference of one game, uh, dot, dot, dot. Hopefully that's one small step forward in the regular season and one huge run in the postseason. So after talking for way too long without bringing you in, uh, Bones first, I guess, just reaction to the comment. Uh, say it again. So the comment is, uh, we all know, we all know over the last calendar year, the difference of one game. Hopefully that's one small step forward in the regular season, meaning finishing one game ahead and one huge run in the postseason. I mean, he's obviously talking about last year, but uh, <laughs> I mean, they don't have to worry about that this year. Detective Bones. Uh, I'll get yeah. to it. It seems I'll like a nothing quote. quote. It's true. It's true. But from a non-nothing man, John Schneider, um, who has just wrapped up, like, not a half season exactly, but like two-fifths of, fifths of a season of his first major league managerial job. Uh, Schneider ends his tenure with – or ends – not tenure – ends his uh, season – with the Blue Jays, with a record of 46 and 28. He finishes 18 games over 500 as the Blue Jays finish 22 over 500. So we've kind of danced around it. We've maybe given some half answers, but concretely, uh, how successful originally it was, is this successful? But I think that's pretty clear it is. How successful do you think this went for Schneider compared to your expectations? uh when you know he first came in because i remember that was a crazy day i was skeptical when they fired montoyo only because it doesn't often work out for world series winners that you or even even just good teams 
Yeah, like it just doesn't usually work out. And at that point, we'd seen uh, two guys been fired in the MLB. It was Girardi and Madden. And Phil Nevin went like this. And Rob Thompson went like that. Uh, so we were hoping that uh, that good juju would fall in the way of John Schneider. And it did. The dude was fantastic. And I think he exceeded everybody's expectations. Uh, 46 and, and 28, like you said, compared to Charlie Montoyo's 46 and 42. Uh, so there's kind of a direct uh, comparison there. So many Schneider put, did a lot better than Charlie did. So I think uh, everybody's got to be happy with how he, he did. Didn't even realize I should have realized that they won the same number of games. Yeah. So that's pretty that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I think he far exceeded my expectations. Not it really had nothing to do with Schneider, kind of like you with your like just new manager moves don't work. It was just that a lot of what we were hearing was okay, it's not going to be that different. That was supposed to be like a good thing because they were good teams. Like it's not going to be that different. They just wanted a new voice, expect the team to be run the same. I wouldn't say it's like a whole new team, but at the same time, there were, you know, there were some more aggressive bullpen moves, uh, pushing Romano to have more, you know, further than a three out save, like more two inning saves, but sometimes four or five out saves. Um, It it definitely felt like a bit of a different team uh, after, you know, Schneider took over than before it. So I... I I am impressed with with what he did. Uh, I did not think that they would turn it around this much. I mean, you still have Montoyo's record up? Yeah, 46 and 42. 46 and 42. So that's almost half the season. Um, It's a little bit more. But if you try and I'm trying to do some real quick math over here. Montoyo was on pace for the team to win 85 games. And they won 92. That's, you know, that's that's a lot. So uh, I guess, you know, question number two becomes your Ross Atkins slash Mark Shapiro and someone's like, you need to sign Schneider today for next year or you're not going to get him. Are you do you feel prepared to offer him next 100%. year? Do you want to offer him yeah. more than next year? What, what I, I would extend him next year and then after that, see how he does. Um, but I think he's definitely worth it right now. I mean, this is a guy that that. that uh, was the, the big thing around him was he had been with the younger guys throughout the minor leagues. He had won with them. Uh, he had done with, uh, he played with them for so long or coached them for so long. They knew who he was. They all liked him. And I feel like, and I said this on like a couple pods ago, I think managers nowadays, it's all about how much the players like you. Uh, we've seen it many times throughout baseball uh, that, kind of despite how well a manager can do or coach in the NBA or something like that. If the players don't like you, you're gone because they're the ones that win the games. So Montoyo, we heard that he wasn't hugely liked in the clubhouse uh, and that's why he was gone. And back to your point about what changed when he took over, I think two things changed, maybe three bullpen. uh, They started running a lot more on the base paths And I just think the vibe of the club, everybody seemed a lot happier. Obviously, when you lose a bunch of games in a row, nobody's happy. But the general vibe around the club when they started winning again under Schneider, it just seemed like a good time. Uh, So I think Schneider definitely deserves an extension. uh, And I think that's what we're going to see. Yeah, yeah. I I like your idea of the the one year. Like, give him now a full season um, in in control. I'm definitely extending him. Uh, If I was given the opportunity, I wouldn't be totally averse to something a little longer term. I wouldn't. Um, 
Because so like what I'm thinking is like these guys, we think they like him. I mean, no one knows for sure who's not in that in that building, but all reports and all indications are that they like him. And there's three or four guys on this team that are young, that part of the advantage, like you said, with Schneider is that he managed or coached them in the minors and they like him. And if you're trying to lock them down, it could be helpful to lock Schneider down. I mean, he's he'd be in those if he's your manager, he's going to be in those meetings as you're pitching to a free agent, you know, and, and if you're if you want Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette and Alec Manoa, I mean, who didn't play with him as much in the minors, granted, but still, um, if you want those guys to have another reason to stay in Toronto, then Schneider could be that reason. So uh, I feel like he could provide a lot in terms of helping out with free agency. Yeah, I think that's true as well. So you're right on there. Uh, and then let's zoom out a little bit on the team. Real interesting uh, for all you betters. I, you know, it doesn't feel like we played a lockout year, but we did kind of play in a lockout year this year. Um, and there must have been a time when maybe uh, you were headed over to bet online a lot because baseball was locked out and you were like, wow, well, I got to feel some baseball juice. So let me just throw some bets down. And maybe a bet you looked at was Blue Jays win total this year. The Blue Jays entered the final game of the season, second leg of this doubleheader with 91 wins. And their win total before the year for betting was 91 and a half. They came up clutch. Good teams win, great teams cover. And they won that 92nd game thanks to Otto Lopez and Bradley Zimmer and the boys. Um, was this a successful regular season for the Blue Jays? Like, how do you feel about the year? Uh, absolutely. When you make the playoffs, it's a, it's a successful regular season. I mean, I think that's cut and dry. Um, I mean, kind of funny that they finish at the same, or I guess one win more than last year. But uh, still, I mean, if you make the playoffs, it's a successful regular season. Uh, you don't have to win 110 games like the Dodgers to to have that be true i guess let me rephrase a little it's an hour opening pitch against texas day one of the season i tell you the blue jays are going to finish in the wild card they're going to make the playoffs they're going to finish in the wild card 92 and 70 and like a touchdown's worth back so you're saying considering the uh, just everything Considering the expectations going into the year, you, I would like you can consider them, but also your own personal expectations. Like I've said many times, that my expectations were not the expectations of the public. um, That the Blue Jays were just going to go win the World Series, but your expectations preseason, which very well could be influenced by the general expectation. I think I thought they would have been better, um, because of the offseason moves they made. Uh, I thought Barrios was going to be better. I think everybody expected Kikuchi to be better, even though I actually didn't. Um, I but, think you might have even thought he was going to be better than, like, didn't even close yeah, to make it through the year. He was terrible. Didn't even close um, to make it through the year. I thought he'd make it through the year, so I guess yeah. I did think he'd be better. I thought, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I just thought the offense would have been a little bit better. They dealt with injuries. Um, Vladdy took a step back, but still had a fantastic season. Um I thought they would have been closer to 100 wins. And I thought, I mean, obviously the other thing about this, about the AL East this year is nobody expected it to shake out this way. Nobody expected the Yankees to be what they were early in the season. Um, Everyone thought they were going to finish third or fourth. 
and people thought the Rays were going to be great. People thought the Jays were going to be great and that the Red Sox were going to finish third. Um, so it was really different to how what people expected going into the year. And I'm going to say that I expected a little bit more. But yeah, it was still I, a successful season. Yeah, I think I think what you're trying – it's like a good, not great, you know? Like would I be yes, fair in yes. assigning a B grade from you on the season? I'll give him a B plus. Yeah, it's like it wasn't bad. It's kind of how I feel. I mean, I, I think it was a, a successful year. I think everyone who was who was dead set still on like this has been a failure because they're not the favorite to win the World Series. Again, like these are the Toronto Blue Jays, and we just have to say bluntly, like they're not the New York Yankees or the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's just not how it works. Like they don't – it's not like, okay, they're going to be the contender all the time. They're going to like be favorites to go to the World Series. This is the fourth time they've made it this century to the playoffs and the ninth ever. And that's including 2020, both of those numbers. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased overall with the season. Uh, Did I think they were going to be a little better? Yeah. Uh, Is it a bummer to a certain extent? Again, you're going to hate me strength of schedule, Ben, how many times they got Baltimore late in the year, as opposed to early, they didn't capitalize early and that was on them. (laughs) That was on the classic Ben. This is a classic Ben. Could they have won 95 if the lockout doesn't move a Baltimore series from the start of the season? You're the, the king of the if, ands, and buts. You're the king of the kingdom. But then again, they got swept by the Angels. So what are we going to say? Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a good year. Um, so I, I guess my follow up. So you're at a B. Plus. Let me give you one more, and then we're well over time, and we'll, we'll go to our uh, friends uh, who, are, who are, you know, helping us pay bills. Um, you got it at a B plus. What could happen in the playoffs to push that into the A range for you? I mean, winning. <laughs> but like, okay, but if they win the Seattle series, is it an A minus season? Oh. Or do they need to make it? They to have the to ALP? go to the ALCS. Okay. They'd have to go to the ALCS, and they'd have to. At that point, they'd have to. Play the Astros. They wouldn't have to beat the Astros, though. Well, they oh, would they, have yes, already, they would. Never they would have already would have beat, beat the Astros. The Astros. I forgot which side the they were. Yes, yeah. I forgot for which me, side they were. On. For me, that's why I don't need. I sit in a similar range to you, but I, if they beat Seattle and lose to Houston, I'm going to be yeah. overall happy with them. If it was the Yankees know. on the other side, honestly, I would feel a little bit worse just because the Yankees are playing as well, and I think it's a Maury opponent. But Houston is so clearly the best team in this league. Yeah, they're so good. They're so it's good. Like, I don't know. Um, all right. Well, that was fun, the season and the recap of it. You know what's really fun, too, though? Maybe watching some NFL football games, maybe throwing a little bit of extra juice on those NFL football games. You can do that with BetOnline.net, your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sporting, sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. I know my guy Bones has only been betting Jamal Williams props for the Lions for a while now. If you want to be like him and win all that Jamal Williams money and don't be a puppy dog and stay off the porch or stay on the porch or whatever it is, then head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Uh, let's look at the roster. 
and do something similar that we did for the team. Not necessarily give them a grade, but let's go, not every player, but most players, some players, and say what our expectations were and if they met them, surprised, disappointed. Uh, we're kind of in the reflection period of the season. You look back, see what happened, uh, see how you feel, and whatnot. First player I'm going to serve up to you is the man himself, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. How do you feel about this man uh, from when you came into the season? Is this the season that you expected him to have? Did you expect him to be better like everybody else did after he put up a, a truly insane season last year? How do you feel, Ben? I mean, it was I, – I don't think it's a secret. It was It was a down year. So if you had – like, I'm not – I, I want to be careful with this. I'm not, like, disappointed in the year that Vladdy had. But it was a bit of a letdown, obviously. Uh, coming off leading uh, baseball in homers uh, and, you know, yes. challenging for the Triple Crown in the American League, uh, you know, which is, like, obviously at different scales, like, things Aaron Judge did this year. Now, Vladdy didn't hit 60 home runs, but he was – also like a triple crown contender, um, you know, with just insane, insane pop. So, which I guess you have to have to be a contender. So I, it was, I was expecting a regression for sure. The ballpark stuff I already knew, but didn't want to say about like the Buffalo and Florida park might've helped him a little bit. Uh, and also just being that young and putting up consecutive seasons like that, unless you're Albert Pujols, uh, it doesn't really happen. So um, I would say, let down, but I don't think I'm at the level that a lot of people seem to be at. Then again, Twitter's not a great gauge for the people. No offense, Twitter. Um, but um, I would say like slightly over minor letdown, but not like major letdown. He still had a, a good year. It's not like he went to like 650 OPS this year. He was still one of the better players uh, out there. Yeah, his OPS is almost 200 points down from where it was last year. Granted, it was 1,002 last year. And 16. plus offensive year last year down off. What's the plus difference? I know there is a difference, but what's the OPS plus? Uh, he's lost 36 points. Yeah, That's 36 very, points. I mean, that's, that's pretty substantial. Yeah, he still had a great year, though. I mean, this is still the second best year of his career, and there are plenty of teams in the league that would take this season out of their first baseman. Um, so I think... Like everybody else, um, it was a little bit of a letdown, but at the same time, I, I'm i not going to lose sleep over it, and I think he's going to put up – he'll put up close to numbers that he did last year at some point again in his career, and like, I don't think that's a controversial statement at all. Um, all right, how about Bo? I, I'm going to say Bo exceeded my expectations a little bit, um, and that's going to get the crowd rowdy. Uh, <laughs> but um, – you know, I, I didn't know if he if he could keep doing it. And um, while, yes, the defense uh, struggle, he still, if you look at a, a solid sample of numbers, his defense did improve from last year. I mean, is he absolutely not. But, like, he's 24 and his defense improved, so that's good. Um, he ended up, you know, per OPS plus, which, again, like, adjusts for up and down years in the sport, which, like, OPS or a batting average wouldn't do. He had a better year than last year, according to that. Uh, he didn't hit as many home runs or drive in as many runs, but he led the American League in hits and doubles. He was absolutely That's crazy. Yeah. I was going to say that. That is crazy. Yeah. Like, that is absolutely nuts 
that he had such a bad year or everybody was saying crying about how he was playing so poorly and then he just shut everybody up led the league in hits and doubles what that's yeah. nuts and he's always going to be good at counting stats which i know people don't like counting stats especially ones like hits and stuff but it does actually matter it means that you're in the games and like a guy can hit 340 but if he played 50 games for me this year he's not more valuable than the 280 hitter who played 160 and Bo played 158 or 159 games after playing 159 games last year i mean so for me to maintain and perhaps improve a little bit offensively really take a leadership role at one point in the year it felt like like he was driving the boat to start this september um i i'm very happy with the boat year i i thought he improved on a level that i would want from my 20 year old middle infielder yeah um i just want to go month by month for a second just to look at how crazy of a season he had. Uh, May, he played really well. He had a 296 average that month, 876 OPS. Then from June to August, really hit a huge lull, struck out a bunch. Um, OPS never went above 743, average never above 273. And then September, October, the guy hit 405. Like he was just on another planet in September and October. I mean, he was, he had seven home runs most of any month, 27 RBIs most of any month. Like he was just at 53 hits in September slash October compared uh, to the next highest month was 32 in May. Like the dude was just on another planet. Okay, let's get one more because we are up against it. Uh, I'll go to a pitcher now. Uh, Alec Manoa is too easy, so I'm not going to go there. Way, yeah, way exceeded expectations. Blah blah. blah. How about strips too easy? Um, how about Gosman? That's what I was going to say. That's an interesting one. Um, I'm 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 pretty heavily going to come to the defense of Gosman this year. Uh, I was expecting I was expecting about this season from Gosman to be honest, and we got it. Like. Kevin Gosman went out there, and for, with the exception of, I believe, one stretch where he had back-to-back bad starts, you pretty much, like, if he had a bad start, the next one was going to be good. And he really didn't blow up much at all, even in his bad starts. Uh, the splitter was nasty. Manoa is the ace, but, like, there was, you know, like, they started Barrios opening day. I probably would have went with Gosman in hindsight. Incredibly 2020 here. But, um you need like a veteran presence on his game, established starting pitcher. And like Ross is a veteran, but he's not an established starting pitcher. Uh, Barrio said all that stuff until this year where he was really stinking. And Gosman was just really stable. I mean, ends the year with a 3.35 ERA, uh, major league leader in, or American league leader, pardon me, in fielding independent pitching. Uh, just had some of the, if, if you believe this kind of stuff, which I, I do, I, decent amount had one of the unluckier years in baseball uh has surrendered without a high hard hit percentage has surrendered one of the worst babips in the history of the sport literally in the history of the sport he is like top five all time for this season babip is batting average on balls in play so lots of stuff sneaking through so i was really impressed i i i you know i think it, it shows for me and the fact that they are handing kevin gosman the ball game two of this playoff series and i feel very good how about him leading the al and strikeouts to walk uh he only walked eight or 28 guys this year lower than mcclanahan lower than verlander like that's a really underrated stat uh, i also think that more people 
than are willing to admit were a little bit sketched out by that signing. I don't think everybody was sold on Gosman just because he'd only had like one really solid year in his career um, before this season. That was last year in San Francisco where he had a sub three. Um, he'd have a, he's, he's had a similar performance to this season, but this was the second best year of his career. Uh, so I am also stock up on Gosman. That's all the time we got for that. Ads. All right, boys and girls and everyone else with bones i'm ben shulman and we unfortunately have some sad news it's not all we got sad, some sad news but it's a little bit sad uh we have to let you know that after the completion of the postseasons we will we'll be with you but after the completion of the postseason we will be stepping away from locked on it's, it's us it's not you um it's it's been so much fun doing it and i'm sure we will draw this out and cry and break our computers a little bit more after the blue jays uh win the world series or are eliminated um but uh it's been a lot of fun uh it has been great to hop on i I somewhat i believe converted bones into at least keeping an eye on the blue jays in the future i think i at least got you there uh so we just wanted to thank you uh, you and everyone at Locked On too, Jeff Carr and everyone else who's helped us out uh, for what has been a really, really fun season covering the Blue Jays and what should be a fun postseason. Yeah, I got to thank the Canadians for accepting me. Um, you know, I'm just a, a little Yankees fan that's trying to talk about the Jays uh, and everybody, you know, accepting me with open arms. So I appreciate it. Uh, I had fun. And thank you for listening. We appreciate that a lot. Your most shameful he was a Blue Jay miss is? Fred McGriff, not even close. I should have gotten that. Yeah. I mean, I should have had that. I really should have. Uh, but I. What are the, what's the record I finished with? Really good. I, I don't have the live count. I'm going to say I was 31 and 10. It was, I'm the GOAT. It was somewhere in that range. I think you're 30 and 10, but you're either 30 or 31 and 10. That's Nolan fine. Reimold was your final. Um. My most embarrassing was my whole performance, except for my one-off, uh, one-hint banger. Benji Molina. That's all time we got today. But just want to reiterate, we are still going to be here uh, tomorrow throughout the postseason. I mean, just wanted to get this out of the way because tomorrow we're going to do some heavy – we want to be heavy, heavy Seattle series coming up. But the scary thing about the wild card round is, you know, by Monday, the Blue Jays could either be – we're on our way to Houston or they could be, you know, we're on our way to the golf course. So uh, we will just have to wait and see about that. But coming up tomorrow, our massive Mariners preview. Tune into that and tune into the Locked On MLB podcast with Paul Francis Sullivan, Bones' legal godfather. He tells you about Bones' childhood stories, what? his first bath, his first spaghetti, what? and the major league playoffs. That is all coming up we will see you tomorrow thanks so much for listening